Welcome back to the Combat Corner on Split It With The Fan Productions. And we're going to be covering our post-reaction to UFC 295 um, for Xhaka versus Pereira. So I know on the earlier pod, the earlier episode, we gave our picks. You know, we talked about how this card may go, what could happen. And, you know, I was watching the card yesterday. Honestly, it was all going good until during. You know, my picks were solid. Um, and then after we hit Kenzie Dern, it, you know, it just went away. <laughs> I mean, I did pretty well still. But I had uh, made some mistakes on the on the prelims before you. All right, so let's, let's jump into the prelims. You want to do early prelims or prelims? Early prelims. From the beginning till the end, but uh, yeah, quick recap though the the card was amazing. I just want to say that the card was great. Yeah, the I card think it was, was really good. Um, definitely, I think this was better than most of the other cards. Mm-hmm. You know, I think from the beginning till the end, like there was consistent action and finishes, and it was just good. It was a good fight card. You know, not really too much stupid shit. Um, fighters came to fight. And that that's what I think most of all set this card off to be great. All the fighters came to fight. Yeah. All right, let's get into the first one. Um, Dennis Bozukia versus Jamal Emers. We had Jamal Emers come in here, and he did that. He got that KO first round. I thought it was going to be a decision. That was a crazy, fast knockout. That's a vet performance. He looked good though. He looked a uh, um a lot more confident on the feet, I would say. And a lot more aggressive. He usually likes to um kind of counter a lot. But he did his thing. Okay, so on to the next one. Joshua Van versus Kevin Borhaus. Great fight. Now, I got some stuff to say about this one. Joshua Van and both Kevin Borjas, they both put on a performance that I was not expecting. I'm going to be honest. I thought Joshua Van may have finished this fight earlier, but seeing how resilient Kevin Borjas was, was insane. And then Joshua Van's uh, ability to mix up the striking with body work and leg work, you know, that... From a 22-year-old, was was wild to see. Yeah. You know, he didn't fold under the pressure. Because Kevin, even Joshua Vinn was hitting him with some solid body shots. Kevin Borjas just ate those. Yeah. And Borjas, I think Borjas dropped him in the first fight. Yeah. First round. I think with like a left hook. Yeah, I think. I, I had a feeling it would be fireworks. And I was nervous for Van. I picked Van, but um, I was nervous in terms of the size because Kevin Borjas looked kind of big in his contender series fight. And Joshua Van, um, I know it's flyweight, but just the frame looked a little bit smaller, but he didn't seem to have much of a problem. And he was the one that ended up actually taking Borjas down. But, yeah, um, it's great. Joshua Van... It's crazy to think that this guy's 22. He invested in the low kicks early. He was body shots. every time he has you hurt, he's really reining in the body shots in the cage. Um, and after he got rocked, he still uh, he still like had efficient countering and like he didn't shell up. Like he didn't get scared in the moment. 
So, yeah, he didn't um, fold. He yeah, didn't fold. Sky's the limit for him. And Kevin Borjas, uh, I'm sure he's gonna come back and, and probably oh, get for some sure. wins too. Like to me, like this fight, you know, it's just two gladiators in the match. You know, I definitely think Kevin Borjas could definitely like do some of the flyweight bout grimy for sure. Just his durability alone is insane. Um, so Joshua Van, you know, as we said, he's a new perspective in the flyweight division. And honestly, he has a trajectory to go far right now. Yeah. You know, if he keeps adapting and evolutionizing, it could be crazy, man. Yeah. Great fight, though. Yeah, great fight. So on to the next one. Josh, Josh Castaneda versus Kang Kyung Ho. <laughs> honestly, bro. I won't say, I know we put Casaneda as the one to win this, but this seemed where it could have been one of those fights like we talk about where the fighter decides to lose. Like, he does something to lose himself, you feel me? Yeah, they were mentioning in the in the um, fight commentary, I try not to listen to that, that sometimes, but... Um... But the, the commentators were kind of mentioning it. Like, it kind of looked like a sparring session. Like Exactly. But that's good. Castaneda has good volume, and he's always going to keep on coming. You could give him that. But, yeah, it feels like he kind of um, – I don't know if he just doesn't want to put himself out there to try and add more power to his strikes or he doesn't want to gas out. But it seems like he doesn't really want to um, press his advantage sometimes. But I think, you know, the first round was was pretty hectic for me. I thought Kang Kyung-ho, um, he looked a lot bigger frame-wise and, and, and height-wise to Castaneda. In that first round, it had me a little nervous. And he he was really landing that jab. <laughs> yeah, but he was. After, but after a while, you know, John Castaneda just kind of got in the rhythm of the fight. And, and, and it was a bit of a back-and-forth fight, but I think Castaneda won pretty pretty clearly. Yeah, he definitely won that fight. I just think that he, the game plan, it just went from volume to to what I think it needed to be. Definitely more leg kicks, you know. Definitely be more on him. Pause. But because Kung Hao Kang, he, he was leaving himself open many times, many times, bro. And I thought Castaneda had a couple of spots to capitalize on that. Because I would say during every, almost every beginning round, maybe to the middle of the round, uh, Ho Kong just, you know, he started to get a little uh, rejuvenated. Right. Even even he was throwing shots that were still trying to wobble Castaneda. I think he could have approached it a little better, to be honest. He did win the fight, but I think, you know, his, his game plan needs to be a little more structured. Yeah, I think I, I we when we were analyzing the how this might go, it kinda went in that in that way, you know, like um Kang, Kang likes to take his time and kinda counter a lot. Yeah. And the guys he's fought that he's really been offensive against were smaller than him and he was able to kinda lay on them. Um, John Castaneda is a bit harder of an opponent, and he just kind of keeps the pressure on you. So, though a counter striker against a great pressure guy that doesn't put himself out there to really get hit that much, it's usually going to go in in the in the pressure guy's favor because it's like he's not risking much, and you're falling into his game plan. Yeah, 
Yeah, and this is one of the more boring fights on the card, and, and that's a good that's a good sign for the card. It wasn't like it was a bad fight. It, it was um, it's very technical. Yeah, and um, yeah, this and probably one other fight on this card were probably the most boring fights. And on other cards, they might be like, I'm not saying the best fight on the card, but they were like an average type of fight, you know. So it, it was a great card. So uh, yeah. All right, so it's yeah. now the lightweight bout. Yeah, we got Jared Gordon versus Mark Madsen. This was crazy. Jared Gordon came with a comeback, and, you know, I I would say during that first round, it looked kind of shaky for Jared Gordon. Yeah, I was getting nervous. Like, I was like, damn, is he going to mess up my parlay? Is he going to be the one? And um, he handled the adversity. He handled the pressure. And I think he KO'd with a, I want to say, was it like a short hook, a short right-hand hook? I think it was a sequence. I think he already had him hurt or something like that. Um, But, yeah, it, it was good. It was good. It was good because it, it was starting to look like it would have been a very, like, one-sided fight. Cage, like a lot of cage grappling and just knees to the body, which work, you know. But when well, those knees were deadly. Fight, when it's the entire fight, it's a little, it's a little heck, it's like a little boring to watch, you know. Yeah. But Jared Gordon pulled it out. Mazden, his his game plan was actually really working for him at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jared Gordon pulled it out, and he had that his uh, post fight speech was really, uh, you know, inspirational. And I always confuse him with um, Kelleher. because uh, of the bald heads. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I always confuse them. And um, I I heard Jared Gordon's mentioned his past before already. And um, I, for some reason, I was throwing that on Kelleher. I got it confused in my brain. Oh, no. I think, um, I don't know, just the fact there was an MSG at this event, I'll probably remember it now. And I'm sorry, Jared Gordon. Um, all respect to him. Um, and yeah. The KO was impressive. I'm not going to lie, man. It was good, and and just hearing his story, you know, to, and and that is an Olympian wrestler. Like, you can really make things happen for yourself in this in this life, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. You just got hard work, dedication, perseverance, and consistency. Yeah. You know, and Jared Gordon, all props. Hopefully, you know your next fight, you do another KO, man. Get yourself some wins. Because his last fights were were also uh, the judging was shaky. Yeah, the Patty Pimmer fight was um, controversial, and then we had the headbutt with um, Bobby Green, but yeah. it was it wasn't look like it wasn't like Bobby Green was stunning on him. He was Jared Gordon was getting his shots in too, so well, I guess we'll never know. Yeah, sadly. Oh, okay, so now it's the prelims, lightweight bout. We got Nazim Sadikov versus Vyacheslav Borshev. So first thing I gotta say here is R.P. Pop Smoke. Legend of Brooklyn. As soon as I put on my my prelims, bro, I heard Pop Smoke as Nazim's entrance music, bro. And I was like, thank you. You feel me? I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Then to see the performance he put on and all the hype I was hearing around this kid, it was like, I was a little disappointed because he definitely lost the fight because of himself. Well, he didn't lose. I know it went to a draw, but, like, he he made that fight a draw. You feel me? 
Yeah, he kind of had it in the bag. At least that's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first round was looking a little dangerous because uh, Borshev was really landing that low kick, and it was really mm-hmm. fucking with Nazim. You could tell. I mean, you could tell because he was fucking spinning on it, and and he really wasn't trying to put weight on it. But yeah, Nazim kind of dis- uh, he he surprised me in this fight. Um, Good or bad? In both, I guess both ways. Like I thought that he would have just went with the grappling game plan. Yeah. Uh, but he decided to stay on the feet with the accomplished kickboxer, you know? I didn't understand that, man. Why would you try to strike with a striker, you know? But 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 he held his own in there, though. It's not like, I mean, the second round, he had Borshev and all types of problems. And and um, other than the leg kick, the leg kick was really what was messing him up. I didn't really see anything on the feet that was messing him up too much. I think he, he kind of got dropped once, but it wasn't like a crazy, it wasn't like what he did to Borshev. It was like a, Kind of like an off balance kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So. Like yeah, and that second round when he had him, when he had him hurt, um, the, a lot of the commentary was saying like, "Get him up, let him up, da da da." I think when you have a guy that has an obvious hole on the ground, I think he probably should have kept him down. And in the third round when he took him down, I heard, uh, I don't remember who on the commentary crew was like, "Oh, why is he taking him down?" It was a good idea. Like, yeah, he had if to he take him kept down. Him down if he if he focused on keeping him down, he would have won that round for sure, and he would have won and, that fight. Um, um, but he he dropped a lot of volume in the second round. So um, in the third round, it's probably a combination. He was a little punch drunk. Yeah, bro. Little, um, he wanted a to strike out. with a striker, bro. That I I think if he would have, because I think we could all agree, round two he did put on a performance. Round two, we saw what he was made up of. He 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 had some good striking, some ground game. You know, he he did his job. But in round three, it's like I saw him just give up on his game plan. And I know you got to swing for the fences, but at the same time, if he would have, you know, maybe first 30 minutes, throw some jabs out there in the field and then go double leg or something like that, you know, I just feel he – he nerfed his his win, bro. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm frustrated because if I I just want to give y'all the right picks, and this was the first one that it was kind of not in my. But we still we still won. We, I'm still taking this as a win. I know FanDuel put it in as a void, but I'm taking it as a win. I'm gonna take it as a not a loss, kind of like a. I'm gonna take it exactly how it is. You know, I'm gonna just put a little asterisk by it. You know, I won't count it as a loss, but yeah, um. I think I don't know if he they got a bonus or anything like that. Him and and Van, I feel like those two fights. I think they put on a good fight. And if we're at MSG, I feel like the UFC should be willing to throw a little. I know there were some great finishes, some great things in, in this card, but give the lower fighters a little bit of you know a little bit of money for for putting on a show because whatever you it might have ruined our picks or whatever, it was still a show. You know, yeah, and it was I still think, wild. They did their thing. They're warriors, and they should be appreciated for it. I agree totally. Um, with that, you know, congratulations to both fighters. Hopefully, you know, your next fights, you get them in the bag and you take a dub back home. Now to the lightweight bout. Now, this fight, I was waiting for this fight the whole card, bro. Mateus Rizbecki versus Roosevelt Roberts. Now, 
we already said in our earlier episode that Roberts, he got to go. He got to retire. He got to switch fields, switch obligations. That's what you were saying. <laughs> oh, I'm not I thought we were unanimous. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, okay, so I'm telling you, um, Roberts definitely got to retire after this fight. And as we said, Mateus versus Becky, he came in with the game plan. And he stayed to that game plan. I thought, honestly, like, I'm glad that he got a submission. It was a crazy submission. But he also had the power to KO Roberts. Well, I don't know. I didn't see it, but I I, I felt like it could have went either way. And just the, the fact that he went for that submission, too, is, is like, okay, this guy is really confident, you know? That's what you need. Like an arm bar from bottom. The way he hooked it up to. I think and he, he held on to that. Back. He held. I think he was. Off. He was. How did he get off the. He, he was trying to take the back and fell off, right? Exactly. And then he still held yeah, on to the arm when right he away. fell off. Yeah. And then he went to arm triangle. And uh, he let go of it to get the arm bar. But then Roberts tried to, you know, be a power man and try to stand up with it. And. Rebecca, he held on, man. He kept he put his leg over the head and just held on tight to that arm. Mm. You know, honestly, I would have respected Roberts more if he let that shit break, to be honest. But he gotta retire I now. I don't agree with that, but yeah. Rebetsky did his thing and he basically took no damage. I would love to see him um come back sooner. And again, another Polish fighter asking for a, a Polish card. That would be that would be fun as hell. Yeah, I, I peep that. Hopefully, Dana make that happen. We mm. need a Polish card because these be fighters lit. are coming to fight, bro. Like real talk, they all have a fighting spirit. Um, Re- we should have um, Tom Aspinall. We should have Tom Aspinall headline that shit with Jan Bohovich type shit. That would be insane. Because I'm jacking him as Polish, so. It is what it is. I'm but yeah, on to the next one. On to the next one. I don't want to cause a controversy here. Um, <laughs> Tabitha Ritchie versus Lupita Godinez. Okay. How you felt about this fight, bro? Like I said, when I mentioned earlier that um, the the John Castaneda fight was a boring fight, this one I would classify as... It's not, it wasn't boring, honestly. It, we're being spoiled if we're saying this fight was boring. Yeah. But of those those two fights right there were probably the most boring on the on the card. And once again, I'm not saying that as a like a this would have been a fine fight on a different card. Like it's not a bad fight. But um yeah, from looking at it, I felt like Lupita did her thing. You know, I don't know, uh she she took this at a, a very short, very short notice, you know? Yeah. And she's fighting up in the division. Um, I think she would have looked a little better if she had a little more time to prepare for the fight, but she just did what she had to do to win. And there, but there were a couple things that kind of made me, um, a little nervous for her future in that at the ending of like each round, she was getting clipped when she got a little excited and tried to exchange longer. Yeah. She was getting dropped. And, um, yeah, I just think, I think it's probably just how many times she, like they said on the on the commentary, she's the first woman fighter to get four wins in one year, which is insane. Um, yeah, and so and I think she's not waiting like like probably yeah. What is that? Uh, three months, three months per fight, bro. That's a, that's 
that's a tough schedule, you know, and it's not a lot of room for improvement when you're in training camp all the time. So she did what she had to do. I hope she takes a little bit more time in between these fights and works in a little bit more of oh uh, some type of wrinkle to her, another wrinkle to her game type thing, you know? You know, I totally agree. Loopy did what she had to do to get that dofer. So I respect that. My thing is, is just reach because Loopy tagged Richie a couple of times, like square on her face, and Rishi, like her chin is is made of like bricks or some shit, bro. Because I saw some devastating body shots, devastating leg kicks, and she was just eating that. So what what are these Brazilian? woman like made up of is my question that this is what this card really made me question what is in the food these brazilian women are eating what are their genetics bro she looked a lot um bigger than i thought she would look in the cage too um for sure Luffy i feel like camera angles really mess me up and the the ufc measuring system like certain guys are not the height and weight i mean the height reach that they say and also, just sometimes the cameras just fool me. Like, one fighter will look so small in one fight, and the next fight, in a different angle, they look, uh, like, giant for the division or something. I, I just get confused. But, nah, yeah. Tabitha looks giant for the division. She looks big. Yeah, she looks big. She looks big, bro. Now, okay, so, flyweight bout, Steve Ursag versus Alessandro Costa. Yeah. What are your thoughts here? I mean, it was a fun fight, and... um. I just want to, I, I want to apologize, guys. I want to apologize because I, I try to okay. take this serious, you know, and I feel like whoever's listening, they, I'm not saying use me as your end all be all on, on picks, but I, I'm taking this serious, you know, and I want to apologize because I had an internet um, problem at my house the week that I was making these picks. And I feel like I kind of rushed through this one. I kind of rushed through this one with my pick. I think, I still think Costa was a pretty good underdog. But sure. uh, looking at the regional tape of Steve Ursig upon further reflection, uh, I should have I should have seen the level of composure this guy has because that's what really saying, pulled bro. him out. He was that's what really patient. pulled out this fight for him. Uh, when I was looking at him, his first fight with David Dvorak, yeah. I just see Dvorak as a type of guy that allows you sometimes to look more composed because he's very patient as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well, Steve Ursak has got a chin on him because he got clipped a couple times with Costa. Um, with some menacing hooks, bro. So, yeah, I, this this fight and another fight on the card, I think everybody knows which one I'm talking about. I just feel really disappointed with my pick. And uh, it could have changed the whole trajectory of this card in terms of picks for me. And, uh, yeah, I just want to do better for you guys. You know, I'm going to revise some things in my, um, in my analysis of fights. And, you know, nobody's perfect. I'm always going to... It's, it's going to be hard to get a perfect card. Listen, I said Steve Ursa from the beginning. I think, as you said, the level of composure he brings to the ring is one that... Like, we've seen other patient fighters in the ring. And Steve Ursa is one of them. But also, I would say, we also saw his IQ in this fight. Mm-hmm. And we saw how intelligent he is and adaptable in the fight itself. Because Costa, don't get me wrong, like he 
he had to pressure Costa against the ring because if he let Costa stay with him for a little too long, one of Costa's strikes would have gone through his guard. And we saw when every time Costa's strikes got through his guard, he started getting rocked. Yeah, so and he, Costa himself was a, he's a little too wild, you know. He he honestly messed up positions for himself just trying to uh jump for certain things and and it was just kind submission. Of like, yeah, just slow down, bro. Just slow down a little bit, you know. I mean, um, you think that could just be his, you know, newness to the UFC with experience you think he would slow down or Honestly, no. Cuz mm. from his first fight I've seen him go a little crazy, a little berserk, you know. I think he it's just gonna kind of be his style. I mean, um, hey, and we saw the only moments of success for him in this fight was when he was doing those things. So maybe he can hone it in a little bit more, or at least just on the ground. Like, don't jump for heel. He's the one that went for the heel hook, right? I think. Yeah, he did try to go for the heel hook. Yeah, Ursa rolled out. Say, of it. I would say his recovery from when he jumped for it was very quick, and I and I like that. He didn't stay on the ground to be a target. He failed it, and he got right up and pressed him against the cage. So I respect that, but maybe on the ground, be focus more a little bit more on control, so you could win rounds, type type shit, you know. And also to that, I would say this this match showed me how strong Costa really is, because Costa, mm-hmm. as you said, as soon as he went to the ground, he got back up with Ursek right on top of him, multiple times in every round. So I think this kid has a lot of. I think he also has a great trajectory in this division. If he could hone in on his wild side. Yeah, he just has some tough looking now at Ursag, he's very composed, very has a very good veteran mindset. And he's very precise. I mean, he the shots he dropped him with were were great. And you could see him setting them up. So very high IQ fighter. And then he had the fight with Albazi. That guy's like a top what? Top five guy in flyweight now. Yeah. Um, so he, he's had a, a tough, you know, tough, tough resume. So I don't really blame him. He, he, I think he still could, has the potential to get some good wins in the division. And who knows? He might, you know, reach higher heights. Let's see. Maybe we might have another Australian champion in the mix. Let's see what happens. All right. Facts. So main card time. Starting with the featherweight bout. Diego Lopez versus Pat. Sabatini. Yep. You had Diego Lopez too, right? Yeah. All right. So we both had Diego Lopez, and we both said that. Honestly, uh, a part of me did expect this to be a KO, but I also thought this might have been like a war all three rounds. Yeah, I thought this might be a little bit more of a, a challenge, a little bit more of a test for Diego Lopez, but it really wasn't. Yeah, and he got Pat Sabatini out of there the way that you you have to with Sabatini. You you catch him at the beginning before you get a rhythm, and don't let him just just wail on him from 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 when he's down on the ground. And that's exactly what he did. That's what happened to him against um, what's his name? What's his name? Fuck. What? That veteran motherfucker, the leech, the leech. What's his? Let me see. Let me see. I'm about to see right now. Damon Jackson. Damon Jackson. Ah. Damon Jackson caught him in that same way. He rocked him, and he just followed him to the ground and kept on throwing. Listen, the game is about no hesitation. You feel me? And Diego Lopez, he he came in with the... I forgot what rocked him first, but I think it all started with, like, a, a lead I think jab. it was a counter right. 
counter right or something like that. It was off a strike. I remember that. Yeah, it was. It was a sequence mm-hmm. to it. Beautiful sequence. And um, man, Diego Lopez, shit, like he he's really he's really putting people away, especially at featherweight. So yeah, it's great that it's at featherweight because featherweight could use some some more new faces and just exciting fighters in this type of way, you know. Exactly. So it all, we don't have to just keep having the same recycled fighters on the top fighting each other. We can start bringing in guys like Diego Lopez, who, I mean, I thought he was a lightweight. If I was really, if I was when, just when you at see him, him looks, in the ring, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he looks big, and the way he fights too is kind of more like a lightweight with, with more type of KO ability. Even though at every division you could have somebody with KO ability, but it just seemed more lightweight Dude. at featherweight. Now make it interesting. You think? You think we could see Diego Lopez rise the ranks now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's what this fight was about. I think this was his his uh, his quiz into the division. He fucking passed that with flying colors. Oh, yeah. He aced that shit, bro. Um, yeah. I was kind of mad at myself for not putting KO on FanDuel. <laughs> but um, shout out Diego Lopez. He said it from the beginning. I was watching all his pre-fight interviews and all that. He said he's going to come through this. He's going to put on a performance. And he... He stood by what he said. And I see here he got performance of the night bonus. So shout out you, man. Good for him. Now to... <laughs> so lightweight bout, Matt Favola versus Benoit St. Dennis. Yep. Now, we, we already said it on the pod. I don't want to call myself now, a genius. Now, I don't want to call myself now, a genius You're giving nothing, credit it, where credit is due. It happened exactly how I said it would happen. I, I, obviously, I didn't... I didn't say high head kick, but, bro, the way he got him to the fence with the body kicks, the way he shelled up, mixing in the grappling, bro, I, I'm i trying to stay humble here. No, nah, it was a, it was, and I did get humbled right after the next fight I got humbled. Yeah, so, yeah, we all got let humbled. Let me just shut my, um, let me just shut my mouth. But, okay, so Benoit St. Denise's performance, we already said this man is a problem in the division. We... I won't say we underestimated how much of a problem he was, but this, as we said before, was another test for him in this division. And depending on how he passed would be how we could judge his future. Mm-hmm. But here we see that KO was astonishing. You know, and Matt Frivolo, he's not just an easy person to fight. But Ben Washington is, I don't know, everybody he goes up against, he just makes it look easy. I think, like, if you really look back at it, um, I love Matt Frivola, but he has an issue with his chin. It's been, the, the seal has been open, you know? Um, And when you have that kind of, when you see that, especially at this division with so many killers, you're going to have to probably change up your style just a little bit. And um, and we've seen with the, the other competition he's fought that he's been able to kind of not get that chin checked, but we've seen it. I mean, he got knocked out before these this three-fight win streak. Matt Vervola was kind of getting put away with yeah. singular shots. I'm not – these guys were good. Like Jalen Turner, he's great. Um, but – uh. Yeah, Benoit Saint Denis, he his his chin has not been cracked yet. It's it's getting chipped every fight, but it has not been cracked yet. And when I looked at it that way, 
as well as as just the more dynamic game. He's going to be a fun, fun guy in this division because he's only 27. You peeped and the call-outs? Yeah, I mean, he's bugging. He's bugging. <laughs> because you just beat Matt Frivola, who just – Matt Frivola just got into the top 14, bro. Um, you're going to have to slow your roll there a little bit, you know? Uh, My son said Poirier, Gagey. I'm like – Poirier, even Gamrot, that's number six, bro. You just broke into the top 15. Um, let's see. Bobby Green, he's fighting Dan Hooker. Moicano, I thought he might have been. If Moicano wasn't booked, that would be fun. Even him against or, he he beat Bobby already or who Benoit. Benoit's booked with, I mean Bobby Green's booked with Dan Hooker. Ah. Uh, um. I don't feel comfortable giving him any anybody higher than top ten right now. Seeing how he just cracked in, you know. Now for sure, definitely. I don't. I think escalating to a Poirier or Gagey off rip, it, I think it's the wrong move. Yeah, I think it's insanity. And and honestly, at this point in their careers, Gagey and Poirier are a lot smarter with how they plan their fights. Um, so I know they're not even giving that any attention, really. No, but definitely we need to see Benoit raise up the rankings. So maybe a top ten fight could come in. 10 or lower. If we go 10 and up, it, if you know, the UFC really likes if the UFC really likes this guy, I don't know if uh Rafael Dos Anjos is booked. He's number he's ranked number 10. That would be fun. Rafael Dos Anjos is number 10. Mhm. This is the same Rafael that I think I know. Yeah. No way. Yeah, RDA, bro. Wow. Heard. Okay, so, yeah, that will be a good test. But he's fighting. Uh, he switches the weight classes. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, Benoit, great, great. And it, it's good to see that he didn't even have his chin checked in this in this fight. So, we get even more mileage on him yeah, but in he, his career. We saw he has good stand-up, good techniques, good combinations. Um. Honestly, great sequences. He's only 27. We're going to see this guy for a while if he plans his career right. For sure. And I'm very excited to see how, how it goes. Now to women's strawway bout. All right. All right. Jessica Andrade versus Mackenzie Dern. First of all, I don't know if you saw right before the fight where they gave like the little interviews of Mackenzie Dern and Jessica Andrade. And Andrade is like, yeah, I'm a mountain, bro. Yeah, I remember her said that. All right. said, Pebble, I'm a mountain. All right. Well, we see, we, see, we see what mountains are capable of. <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry to everybody listening. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry to, you know. I let the noise get to me. I let these motherfuckers convince me of things that, that ju- I just seen. My first instinct, and you could go back and listen to the episode, bro. My first instinct when I heard this fight was Jessica Andrade. Same. It's too soon, bro. It's too soon for Dern. She's going to get. But I just let everybody get into my head. And it's like. Oh, man. You Angela know, Hill. Angela Hill's great. I love her. Yeah. But she doesn't have the power to stop somebody that's fighting reckless. You know? And on top of that have to worry with the grappling. That's what she had. That was her problem with Dern in their fight. She was worried about the grappling. Dern caught her because 
as horrible the techniques that Dern is throwing, she's throwing full power. So if one of those land on you, it's going to hurt. Listen, bro. We've seen that rocker, and people started telling us, yo, this is a good She's been cleaning it up. And I can't believe I said this. I said she's cleaned it up (laughs) enough where, bro, the striking in this fight was fucking horrible. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to look at this. Bro, all I got to say is, like, I hate her more than Misha Tate, bro. It's like the off brown Misha Tate right now. I don't got no hate. I don't. I don't. Nah, got hate. I hate. I hate Mackenzie during my heart, bro. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Um, you, she messed up my parlay. I was going. I was going beautiful on picks until Dern. Um, so what I gotta say is Mackenzie Dern folded. She folded so hard, bro. I know you peeped all the moments where she folded. She didn't even try to you know, shell up or anything like that, bro. She just went out like a sad little boy, bro. And honestly, it, it had me so disappointed. Because if we look at it, Andrade, she'd been in the UFC for 10 years plus right now, which is in, insane. And she's still pushing with the same power that she came in with. <laughs> You know, I don't know if that's because, you know, the genetics and the steroids just finally linked up together. I don't know, but um, whatever it is, she, her genetics is insane now. Mackenzie Dern, you know, there were some moments in the striking where I want to say she probably clipped Andrade, but it, it never rocked her too crazy. Yeah, I remember that. Dern was uh, she's she was training in California with um, Jason Perillo. That's the guy that trains Cheeto Vera, the guy that helped Michael Bisping win the title, and he's a good known boxing coach in, in MMA. And what's his name? Dean Thomas mentioned that she's not training with him no more. And um, mm. I think the best improvement that we've seen in her striking was with Perillo, even though it's still bad, but it was improving. And I think maybe she should really... I don't understand this. Why didn't she try to go for takedowns or anything, bro? I don't understand with these BJJ guys and girls. If you cannot wrestle, you've been in this career for a while now. Start a wrestling camp, bro. Go to AKA. Go to... Anywhere. Go to Sacramento. Go, bro. Go to fucking Uriah Faber so he teach you how to fucking wrestle, bro. Any type of wrestling this is horrible, bro. You can't be just shooting for, for singles in the middle of the cage. Horrible attempts. DC is always going to give you a pat on your back just because you went for a leg. But, no, that was a horrible <laughs> attempt, bro. It was a horrible a attempt. Fact. She shucked her off immediately. All um, attempts were horrible. And and you're, and you're she got lucky with the head and arm toss with uh, with Andrade. Because if Andrade landed on top, it would have been clipped for her there already earlier in the fight. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... Mackenzie Dern, um, Worthless. stop with the striking, bro. If you're, you go back Retire. to Perillo and maybe work on your defensive movements because the striking offense is not there. Start start a wrestling camp and do what Fuck you're good strike. at. Because I don't a, even think a, her, her willpower is there, bro. Also, you you saw her fold, bro. Nah, like, nah, nah. She has heart. We've seen her. F- nah, nah, nah. She don't got heart, bro. I'm not going to lie. She don't got heart, bro. She has heart. She folded so hard, bro. She has heart. She just has horrible shit. No. No. I'm not. I can't accept this, bro. I'm telling you right she, now, that girl has heart. She doesn't have heart, bro. She, we thought she had heart. I would say we thought she had heart. Nah, I know she, she has heart, heart, bro. She hasn't no. fought somebody like Andrade. And her and instincts she folded. As, 
has not her been... instincts was to run nah, away. She has no striking. She has zero striking. That's why her arms are coming out away from her face. She just is not technical at all. She has heart. That's why the ref let know. her stay in there. Fucking like three minutes. Nah, the ref just to wanted. Be... The ref just wanted to see if she's going to do something. And she didn't do anything, bro. Which is such an interesting decision to me because when when we move up a little bit higher in the card, we see what I consider might have been an early stoppage and. I don't know. I, the ref, the ref treat, did let this fight go a little longer. I'm not going to lie. The ref girl fighters different. They usually end it quicker. But with Mackenzie Dern, they were like, nah, let's see. Nah, they were like, let's just see how much more shots she could take, bro. Which is interesting. Um, I want to look into that with refs. Cause, um, all right. I'm down. Because it, it's getting confusing now. Because is it – do you think that it's good that refs can – like – Obviously, Mackenzie Dern's a BJJ girl, so she's giving her a chance because she has a ground game. So if she's rocked and on the ground, at least possibly uh, Andrade could jump into the guard and get caught, right? Yeah. But do, would a ref finish the fight quicker if they aren't known as a BJJ black belt? Interesting. That's what makes me a little... I don't know. I'm interested. I don't know how much that plays a factor. And I don't know if it should play. You no, know, I didn't even thought about that. I haven't, like, that's a very interesting thought right there, bro. I'm just using this comparison because on think about the last girl fight you see. As soon as the girl falls down, it's over. Like, they called yeah. Mackenzie Dern got dropped, like, two, three times. And he was still thinking about it, you know? That's probably because of the BJJ status. Because I don't know what other, Is that you know, the right in- indication. Do, nah. Nah, bro. Nah. Because if, for example... Say this wasn't a three round fight, and in somehow, some way, this was a five round fight. Mm-hmm. We already know the ref was letting it go past the third round, so she was going to be entering the fourth round. And in that fourth round, she would have died in that ring, bro. So I think they can't do this, bro. Now, to the fight that I know you're talking about, the upcoming fight. You know, there was some questionable stoppage there. And you think that was because they weren't known for BJJ? Because it's, it's adding up right now. Nah, it was a different it was a different ref, I think. But I'm just wondering if that does play a factor. Well, let's just go on to the next the next fight. Uh, right. We have uh, we have Tom Aspinall versus uh, Sergey Pavlovich. Wow, man. All I got to say is wow. Sergey came in. You know, I would say Sergey looked a little slimmer than he usually does in the ring. He was in good shape, yeah. You know, so that's a pro right there. Shout out to him for doing that. But Tom, as I said, Tom was able to make the the counters and he was able to make the angles, which I didn't know if he was capable of. And he got clipped. Now but this fight, this fight showed me he was. Yeah, he. He his heart didn't say to fold, you know what I'm saying? That should have his scared. heart never said fold. I mean, he was scared. <laughs> I was terrified, and um... but he came back. He came back. Honestly, after you know, seeing Sergey get KO, you know why in his camp did like his trainer or somebody any other fighter like rock his chin? You feel me? I'm gonna tell you why. I'm going to tell you why right now. Why? And in your analysis, you fell for this too. You fell for the communist propaganda of this man's chin. (laughs) And like I said, this man's chin has not been tested in his fights. 
He goes in there with reckless abandon, and he's never been tested. And I know we mentioned his test, but his chin was not tested in those tests. Yeah. And what did he do? The that iron rocks. curtain fell yeah. years ago, and it fell again in that cage. And that's all because Tom Aspinall is half Polish, and I'm jacking that. 100%. Listen, I support it. You know, we have um, another shout out. Champ. Shout out Tom. And now that I know he's capable of angles, it really has me excited to see who he's going to square up with next and how he's going to win. Because honestly, if he's able to keep doing this, he could pick apart a couple of the heavyweight fighters. Oh, absolutely. I heard his, I watched his post, uh, not his post fight. I watched his post fight speech too, but his uh, press conference. And mm-hmm. they were mentioning some names, and it sounds like he really wants to fight John Jones. And I don't think that. I don't know how that would like. You know, John Jones is also a very high IQ fighter. I think it would be a fun fight, but what I'm saying is, I don't think he's saying a lot of conflicting things. I don't know if he's gonna wait for John Jones to be available or he's gonna fight a contender. Because I know he doesn't want to fight Cyril Gan because Gan denied him. He called mm. him out a couple weeks back before this fight was announced, and Cyril Gan said, "No, you're lower than me." <laughs> Um, which was a ridiculous, ridiculous. I don't know what the hell Cyril Gan's doing with his career, but um, wow. And now Cyril Gan's calling for it, and Aspinall's saying no. Like I just like basically saying no. Like I, I asked you, you didn't want to fight me. Um, so I don't know who who there really is because unless he fights Stipe, but Stipe seems like he just wants to fight John Jones, and John Jones seems like he just wants to fight Stipe. So. It's a weird, we got a weird conundrum in the division. I just hope that Aspinall gets the treatment he needs because apparently he's coming in with an injury. Um, and I hope that he could get a fight before. If he has to fight one of those, you know, either Stipe or, or John Jones to unify the belt. Or, yeah, it's just a, I mean, Surogan is, is number one ranked right now. Yeah, who did he beat last? I'm about to check it right now who he did. Spiffer. Yeah, that's a hard, that's not a, you know, I, I don't understand how he's ranked number one when you have, I don't, I think Tom Aspinall isn't going to want to do that, you know, and I don't, and I, we, I know the UFC doesn't like guys that sit out and wait for title shots. And that's basically what Gon's doing. So I don't know how that's going to work out. I would like to see that fight though. Against Gain or Spiffer? Gon, Gon. Ah, okay, okay. Okay. I, I want mean, to see Tom at the heavyweight ranking right now. And honestly, there's not. Because, let's see, Aspinall, he fought Volkov. We saw what happened with Blades. Uh, we just seen Sergey. And then we just need Gon and John Jones, really. Because the rest of the division, he kind of went through already. Yeah, and a lot of people coming off losses, too. It doesn't make sense to put them in a title fight. Yeah, a lot of people are coming off losses for real. And the fact that they're doing... So, Tom Aspinall is the interim heavyweight champion. So, the Stipe and John Jones fight, is that going to be for the actual belt? And if that's I the mean, case, does that mean that Aspinall has to wait until they're done fighting so he can fight? Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's a very weird situation we have here in this division right now. Yeah, it was just a fool. It was just a foolish prospect. I feel like this whole thing, like yeah, the matchmaking here is not uh, it's not the greatest right now. It was a weird thing, and and hey, I'm just confused a little bit with the whole. I mean, is the John Jones and Stevie fight still going? Because 
it's definitely going to be happening sometime next year. But like, you know, that's I mean, a like whole nother year of waiting time. And not, I'm not saying anything against Stipe. I believe he's still a beast and a threat to anybody you put in front of him. But like, time is passing. You feel me? Yeah, Stipe. I love Stipe, but his career—he's doing weird things with his career right now. I mean, I yeah. know he's a firefighter and stuff like that. So, I guess he doesn't feel the same um, financial insecurity to, to to have to fight all the time. But in terms of your comeback, you're just, you, their ring rust is real, and he's been out the cage now for two years. You're fighting the literally the fucking MMA goat. Whenever you do come back, now off a three-year layoff. Whenever John Jones does come back, yeah, I don't know how that's gonna turn out to be because, you know, I would love to see this fight more in their prime. Yeah. But all right. So now on to the main event fight. Another upset. We had Pereira versus Yuri. Maybe upset for you. So I called. I mean, I called I called Pereira knock him out too. I just wanted to see if Yuri was gonna be able to do it. Nah, you picked Yuri. No, I picked Pereira. My heart went with Yuri, but I picked Pereira. I'm gonna rewind the tape and see. Alright. Alright, we can put a nine essence parlay on that, bro. I'm telling you we can nine essence parlay on that, boy. Okay. So did you you know I expected Pereira? So coming with a little more Muay Thai, like just off rip, to fold Yuri. But I also expected Yuri to come in a little more, you know, we know his style is very unique and very weird. But I didn't expect him to be this weird in this type of fight. Well, I always expected him weird. I think he was a little bit, um, I think he was a little, had a little bit of ring rust, a little bit, uh, uncomfortable in the cage to begin with and that's what really let uh alex Pereira build up a lead with the leg kicks because they were really fucking his shit up from the beginning yeah he was and uh but yuri honestly if yuri didn't get too excited he could have made this fight a lot more interesting because he was starting to i'm just I, every time i watch an alex Pereira fight you think you learn more but i just have more questions honestly okay because yuri had him look he, Yuri had him looking a little a little hesitant. Um, he really, like I said before, Alex Pereira likes a clean kickboxing fight, and Yuri was not giving him that. He was getting a little flustered on the cage with his back to the cage. Um, he didn't look comfortable up. with the ground game. After the end of the first round, he looked a little flustered with that. I don't know. It, to me, to my eyes, it just looked like he was really frustrated with the takedown. But, yeah, I mean, he landed his shots. Yuri got dropped, and um, Yuri says that it wasn't an early stoppage. It just seems Yuri said he went out, but Yuri be like, you Yuri got, be with that samurai spirit too much. Like, okay, yeah, bro, that's not what we're saying, bro. It's still an early stoppage, like a couple extra shots just to make it clear. You feel me? Yuri is just, I, I wish Yuri would have came in a little more composed. You could still come in with your weird style. Because it was giving Pereira some frustration. I peeped that. I peeped that every time Yuri, you know, moved around, it was giving Pereira some hesitation. And even when Yuri decided to push and pressure on, he was landing a couple of shots through the guard. Oh, yeah, he was getting right in that guard. Um, Alex Pereira is just, like I said, just more questions for me. I don't know. Mm. Um, and when we, when I, whenever we break down that Jan Bohovic fight with him, I really want to bring some things up that, 
it's just more question marks with him, you know? I don't know. He did his thing, though. No, he did. He did. He came in. He got the win. You know, those leg kicks were vicious. This whole card came in with some vicious leg kick. Yeah. And body body uh, hits. But, uh, you know, Pereira is now light heavyweight champion. And did you see at the end where he told Izzy to come to light heavyweight? Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> Cause I remember, cause during the fight, he was uh, the the build up. He wasn't mentioned. Like people would bring it up always, and he was like, he was like, oh no, I'm not thinking about next opponent, bro. Alex Pereira could barely speak English, bro. He had that line in his head the whole fight. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like I didn't understand anything he was saying until I heard Adesanya. I'm like, nah, no way. This man told Adesanya, come to daddy, bro. This guy's been thinking about that this whole fight camp, bro. He hates Adesanya. That's the what one. I love Alex Pereira for that. He's really a villain, bro. <laughs> what a passion, bro. <laughs> no, yeah, that had me jokes, bro. Um, You know, all good things, really, to say here on Pereira's behalf. Um, You know, my question, I guess, is how does he handle in-the-pocket pressure? Because Yuri, if he stayed more in the pressure and, I guess, got a little more combos through, the night probably could have been going a little differently. Because mm-hmm. as you said, it seems every time he gets frustrated, he, you know, he starts to hesitate. And I think Yuri yeah. shines in that hesitation moment. But do you think, like, how do you, my question is, how do you feel Yuri is, how his standings look in this division right now? Yuri, um, you, you think he's going to continue to be a threat, or it all depends on what you know what the matchups are going to be. Um, let's see the rankings real quick. Light heavyweight. Um, so we got Yuri's going to be probably he's going to drop down to uh probably two, three, four somewhere there, you know. And yeah. let's see what we got. We got uh Rockets and Jan Bohovich is scheduled. For later in the year, and Kalaev's in that weird um, fight with Johnny Walker. They might rebook that. They got to because we, um, we deserve that one. <laughs> Alex Pereira is saying Jamal Hill is too out of shape to fight him soon or something. But wait, wait, wait. before you go on, that I found that funny, funny as hell too, bro. Per- Pereira was like, "Yeah, bro, I'm champion now, bro." <laughs> like, yeah, he didn't I- even care about Jamal. He was just like, "Yeah, this is my." Because this was now. all about his journey to to fight. Izzy again. That's the thing. He didn't give a fuck about none of this shit. He exactly. Izzy again, where when he had some advantages, the weight advantage. So, like, but, yo, um, oh man. Yeah, he's forgetting that Jamal Hill. He's the interim champ. Jamal Hill is. Wait, no, Jamal Hill. I still think Jamal Hill basically has a title shot whenever he comes back. Okay. Um, from his health because he gave it away. He gave it away, and that's y'all gave Yuri that respect. So you you got to give it to him too. Yeah. So, um, and that that leaves Yuri in a weird position. The yeah. Top six is booked, and he's coming off a knockout, and his legs fucked up. So, um, I think he's gonna have to wait for one of these winners of these fights between Jan and Rakic or Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker. You know, honestly, between Yuri versus a Johnny Walker, that might just be a very interesting fight. That depends on who wins between him and Ankalaev. I mean, I, but Dana, you might just have to put that as a matchup regardless, bro. 
Because Yuri style and Johnny Walker style, not to say they're kind of the same, but they're very spontaneous. So I don't think Yuri would want to jump down to fighting for the title to fighting the number seven guy in the division. Oh, not for sure. Johnny Walker, you got to start pushing PN and, you know, get yourself up there. But I'm just saying, I think that would be a crazy fight. If if I may be the winner since the I think the Jan Rakic card is going to be on the Canada uh, card, I think. And that, I think that's coming up, I think, February. OK, if um, if Yuri's willing to wait for the winner of that, he basically is the number one contender after that, I would, I would think. Hopefully, um, because unless uh, and then or or he waits for Ankalaev and Johnny Walker and Magomed Ankalaev is number two in the rankings. So yeah, I don't know. I Both mean, the future of the light heavyweight division and the heavyweight division, you know, it's very, it's very questionable right now because there's a lot of matchups that need to go through. Yeah, none more than heavyweight, though. I think light heavyweight can get resolved quickly. Heavyweight right now is a clusterfuck. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't overall, see anybody. Great overall, great card. And I I went 10, 2, and 1 since we're not counting the draw as a as a loss. 10, 2, and 1 on this card. You went 10, 2, and 1? Yeah. I think I probably went the same, maybe 11 and 1. You might have won. I think you might have won 11 and 1 because you got the Ursig fight. Yeah. Um, well, you feel me? As you can see there, our standings are pretty good pick-wise. Yeah, we went so great. So keep following on. You know, I know there's an upcoming fight this week. I, I don't know who it is yet, but I know there's an upcoming card. It's um, the Scottish Scottish guy. What's his name? Allen versus Craig. Yeah, Paul Craig. Paul Craig and uh, <laughs> Brendan Allen. Back. Yeah. That's going to be a fun one. I'm looking at the card right now, roughly, just skimming through it. We got a heavyweight bout in here, too. We'll mention it. We'll mention it all on, 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 on Thursday. But, yeah, 295 was a stellar card from start to beginning. Um, You know, shout out Brooklyn. Hopefully, you know, you come back. Do not, do not leave these fights in the judges' hands. That's really... The message of this episode do not leave it in the judges' hands. Um, anything else you want to say? Um, I thought the messages card was the free world will never capitulate the that dark too. forces of communism. Um, and yeah, damn, should we just name this shit Captain America? <laughs> whatever, civil war, whatever you want to say, bro. <laughs> okay. All right, so thank you guys for tuning in. Job bless. Again, thank you to our audience, our fans. We love you from wherever you are tuning in in the world. And stay tuned for our Thursday episode recapping, not recapping, Thursday episode going through the picks for the new upcoming card. Job bless and be great.